Welcome to Arena Athletes, your home for MTG Arena Strategy. Step inside the digital arena with Travis Sowers and David Seville. Brought to you by Face to Face Games. You're listening to Arena Athletes number 115, Are You Not Entertained? My name is David Smill. I have Travis Sowers on the line with me again this week. How are you, sir? Pretty good, but I don't think you nailed that. I would have said you're listening to Arena Athletes number 115, Are You Not Entertained? Uh, you're, you should stick to your day job. Yeah, you're right. I will. <laughs> Speaking of your day job, how's the, uh, how's the casting going? The casting's been a lot of fun. I look forward to that every week. It's cool to get to have an excuse to hang out with Ethan and talk about magic and hang out with a, a big, busy chat. And I'm still having a blast doing drafting and playing standard on my own channel. Like having that cast going, plus the desire to hit double mythic for bragging rights, has kind of given me an interest in playing standard again. Uh, I haven't quite found my soul deck yet, uh, but I think that I will. And uh, I'm planning on hitting double mythic this season. Well, maybe let's uh, maybe next week let's plan to do an episode on finding the right deck. It'll be similar to the Mythic Qualifier Weekend, except without an O2 Flameout. I'm sorry if that came off wrong. <laughs> no, I, well, see... I, we haven't talked since then. Yeah, that's fair. I, I had a plan for that, um, but sadly my week kind of got co-opted by some mm -hmm. personal stuff, and I ended up not having any time to test. So it's like, you know what? Screw it. We're just going to take Mono Red. We're going to cross our fingers and see what happens. Um, yeah, you in like 55% of the field, I think. I, and I, I said that that week while I was preparing for it, is that everybody's going to be on Mono Red because everybody who qualified through Limited is just going to pack up Mono Red and go. Um, yeah. And I, I wish I'd had a little more time to prep for that, but I got you. Two, two more months, I'm ready for the next one. So what did you learn then from your Limited experience in, in testing for, for this one-shot event? Well, what I learned was in the tournaments that I've prepped for and done well at, and sometimes scrubbed out in, like it happens and there's variance inherent in it. But if deck choice is an issue and you have time to prepare, you really need to start about two weeks in advance. You can't walk in cold. If I had started two weeks earlier, then that stuff happening that week wouldn't have crushed my prep time so much. Because I was still trying to figure out what deck I would play the day before the tournament. And that's just not a great place to be in. If you know you've got one coming up and you're not a standard player by habit, start early and practice early. And that's what I kind of want to do with the stream now is have at least one standard day a week where I just play standard all day. Not only will it put me in a position where if there's a surprise tournament I wasn't ready for, like sometimes the notice on some of these events is relatively short, not the Wizards ones, but some of the other stuff. Um, I'll still have at least an idea of what the metagame is like. And then it also makes my casting better when I'm, I'm doing the fandom events because I'm not going to miss Planeswalker passives that are completely irrelevant and limited, uh, but suddenly very important in standard. Like, I'll have people in chat, why aren't they firing off the duress when the opponent has a Tamiyo? And it feels awful good to be able to say because it doesn't do anything because of Tamiyo's passive. Uh, whereas I'd, I'd miss that if I'd only been playing limited. Yeah, the Planeswalkers in this set have certainly thrown a lot of people for a loop, not just in Standard, but also in Limited. Yep. It it kind of makes me wish that the Limited players had a Limited path for the MCQ weekend instead of having to play Standard. And I don't really understand why they just don't do a sealed event. You know what I mean? Like, just, just do a, an 8-round or a 7-round sealed event, take all your top players, jam them into Day 2, do another sealed event, and, and Bob's your uncle, similar to like what you would do at a GP. I kind of do understand that, um, in that at times limited can be difficult to watch. Um, there's very few limited streamers that I can watch and be thoroughly entertained and happy because if I disagree with their picks, like it's very easy for me to click off the screen and just be like, this guy, this gal, whatever, doesn't know what they're doing. And I imagine there's plenty of people that come to my stream and do that. I, I try to walk through and explain every pick, but if they happen to catch me while I'm having lunch and I'm not really discussing it, and they see me just picking cards and you know they don't know that this one's better or they disagree with me, Like it, it can be hard to follow limited for your average Magic player. So I, I understand making standard the first path. I'm hopeful that in the future we'll get a limited path, but I kind of get why they're doing standard first. 
but I mean, you can already get your top thousand in limited, right? Like you can always, you can already get there by playing your drafts. So I, I mean, I guess I just don't understand why the, there can't be two paths and why we can't have a mythic qualifier weekend that is, that is, that is sealed. You can run them side by side. You can run one on Saturday, run one on Sunday. I don't know. I'm just thinking like, you know, for the people that got there in limited to have to play standard, I guess it's the same as somebody that qualifies for a pro tour. In in limited, they win a limited GP and then they have to go play like vintage or something like that at the Pro Tour, and they've never done it before and they don't have a deck. I guess it's the same thing, but it it is. I, don't know. It, I think it's putting everything under the banner of this is magic, but who knows? Maybe one, maybe next year, one of these events can be sealed, uh, and I think that'd be fantastic. If they're asking me for feedback, yeah, give me a sealed qualifier. I'd love that. Or pod drafting, and then you pod draft in the top one twenty eight the next day. There you go. Problem solved. I have solved everything once again you're listening to arena athletes my name is david seville if you want to give me a job wizards you can find me on twitter and the podcast is kind of done now right i mean once i'm out of here i'm out of here this thing's over so yeah (laughs) so let's chat about some news this week uh what's going on in the arena world what's the big news of the week for you would you say it's the london mulligan or do you have something bigger I don't think that one's for me, but I think it will be for a lot of people. So let's dive in and discuss that first. All right. So for those not in the know, um, f- about a month ago, maybe a little longer, um, Wizards was testing the London Mulligan. They tested it at the Paper uh, Pro Tour, the modern one, or the uh, sorry, Mythic Championship. Um, and then they were also testing it on Magic Online at the same time. And the idea is is that it, this will replace the Vancouver Mulligan, which is the Scry Mulligan that we have now. Instead of going down to six card and, cards and getting a Scry, you will now get a full hand of seven and have to put one back. And if you go to five cards, you will have to put two back, and those cards go back on the bottom. Um, there was some speculation that it would break some of the non-rotating formats, uh, in particular Modern, which is why they tested it at the Mythic Championship uh, in Modern to see if it, you know, Tron and Dredge and, and decks like that were a little more oppressive. Um, but then there was also concerns about the eternal formats, which obviously we can't play on arena, uh, but there are still people in this world that play them. So they were looking for a mulligan solution that kind of would encompass everything. And I think I agree with that. I don't think that there's a reason to have, or I don't think it's a positive thing to have different mulligan rules for limited and standard and modern and all the way down the chain. Um, it just makes sense to have kind of one unified mulligan rule and, this is what we've ended up with. And as a result of their testing and all the feedback that they've gotten in the data, uh, we will be getting the London Mulligan for all Magic formats, starting with Corset 2020. Cool. Yeah. I got to play with it some when I was playing Magic Online. Uh, When they were testing it, I think there was Cube and... uh, Probably War of the Spark. Yeah, maybe it was War. I don't think I've done any War Drafts online. So it may have been the previous format, and I went there to draft it. I don't remember what I was doing, but I remember playing with it and, you know, clicking on one of the cards and not recognizing that it was going on the bottom and then being like, oh, wow, they've already got this implemented here. Uh, So after that, I did get to play with it some more. And what I found is that it it didn't feel like it mattered all that much in Limited. You and I got into a a bit of a silly heated discussion on my stream about (laughs) it, but I think we were both teasing each other. It's like it... It doesn't really matter when you mulligan the first time as as far as limited because you're basically getting your your same scry decision when you go down to six. You, you can just pick any of your cards to to put on the bottom instead of the only the top one and make the decision there. But like it, it functionally doesn't change what your starting hand would be that much. It does help a little bit when you have to go down to five. But in limited, if you're going down to five, you're you're really not likely to win that game anyway. Uh, there were people that said the scry rule would do a lot to change mulliganing. And in an episode two years ago, we kind of disproved that that really did anything for limited. It was mostly the card quality. I do think you'll get more games in limited where you get to air quotes, play magic, which I I, I think is a good solid goal, but I still think that this is not going to affect your limited, you know, mulligan decisions very much. I'm never mulliganing in okay-ish hand uh, for the hopes that I'll get a better one because of this new rule. I've, I haven't played with the rule, but just thinking about it after we had our conversation, and it was kind of heated. Um, I think we were suffering from the hyperbolic syndrome of, uh, you know, you would say it was it was doing nothing, and I'd say, no, no, it actually does something. 
Um, but I think where we settled in the argument was that it doesn't do much to your win rate. But after thinking about it, I also think that it does make you feel a little bit better about your mulligans, even though your win rate might not improve all that much. And when we say your win rate improving, what was the number we came up with? It was like 10% you shave off your win rate when you go down to six cards. Roughly, yeah. Roughly. So like this probably is, it's not going to be the difference between like shaving five and 10% off. It's more going to be like shaving a part of a percentage point off, uh, or it'll be an improvement, sorry, the other way. So instead of being uh, a 10% dog, maybe you're a nine and a half percent dog or something like that. It's not significant enough that you should be mulliganing your sevens aggressively. And I think we just came to that conclusion, basically saying that like the reason you lose more games when you mulligan is not because uh, you know, of, of the hand you keep when you go to six or the card that was on top. It's the fact that you're just down a card. Yeah. And quite frequently you are down a spell. Um, and when your opponent starts with that advantage on you, they're, you know, 10% ahead or whatever the number is. So, so you have to kind of look at it that way. I think what it will do though, is it will help with your sixes and it will teach you to keep better sixes, I think. So I think the player that is bad at mulliganing will probably end up keeping more six land or six card hands than they did before. Um, and it'll also feel better. Like I know that I'm going to feel better when I look at my seven, like I scry to, I, I go to six, I open my, my seven and now I have some choice and I feel like I can make a decision that doesn't necessarily impact the game, but it feels like I am controlling some part of my destiny, which is why I like the scry rule. I could do the math and I could say, okay, you know, the scry is like, I'm getting an extra look, so I can factor that into my math when I'm counting my for my lands. And then if I put a land on top, it's like, okay, great, you know, my keep was correct math-wise. And if I put it on the bottom, I feel like, okay, now I'm digging one deeper to a land. This is a little more involved than that, and I think it'll make me, personally, feel better when I mulligan to six and keep my six, because I will have some kind of control over what my opening hand looks like. Yeah, and in and, and truth, like, I'm never going to get to play with this ability because I just keep all the hands, so I guess it's not going to affect me that much anyway. So the true person who understands mulligans and how they work will never get to use this interaction anyway, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And then the occasional time that you go to five and keep the stone nuts five and your six, seven that go to the bottom don't matter, that'll feel real good. It will too. Now... The one out of a thousand. I, I don't... I think it is beyond the scope of this podcast to discuss what this will do in modern and vintage and legacy... I do mm-hmm. think it's worth noting what this might do in Standard. We have seen some combo decks in Standard recently with the Ralzeric Is It Combo deck. Like, do you think that this is likely to make something like that oppressive a little bit better, a, a little bit worse? Like, what are your thoughts about that? Because that, that's kind of what people are worried about. I mean, I think you really have to worry about it in the modern formats and such because those are turn four or better formats, all your non-rotating formats. I don't think standard is fast enough currently uh, when it comes to the combos for that to even matter. Um, And there's a lot of, at least on Arena, there's a lot of thought erasures going around and things like that. So if you go to six uh, and keep your combo pieces, there's a very good chance that you're just going to get ripped apart by duresses and thought erasures and things like that. So I think it'll force players to maybe respect the combo a little bit more. Um... You know, I mean, I guess if you're on the ladder, it doesn't really matter. Like, who cares? You run into a combo, you scoop them up, and you go to the next game. Um, But particularly in tournaments, I would say that you have to respect that those combos could exist, and you have to be ready to sideboard aggressively for them, and maybe even look for your sideboard options when you're mulliganing. But you do that anyway in modern. Anybody that has experience in modern does that anyway before this rule existed. So I think it's just shifting some modern thinking to standard yeah and i I was gonna say that that's exactly the experience that i am anticipating from this like i did play some modern back in the day i haven't in a long time but when i did i knew what to mulligan and when to mulligan based on the deck i was against and what to look for so if i'm up against a combo deck and they're mulliganing to find their combo piece i am absolutely mulliganing until i have a thought season and inquisition of kozilek uh, so it, I I feel like it'll answer itself both in standard and in modern. Anything past that is is outside of of my range anyway. But I I think the the kind of end of this discussion is that it will make you feel better when you have to mulligan, regardless of whether it's in standard or limited. That's not a bad thing. It will lead to more games of Magic. That's certainly not a bad thing. 
But you, as the player listening to this podcast, recognize that most of the damage of a mulligan is that you're down a card, and you're still going to be down a card. There's some decks that can recoup from that, both in limited and in standard, usually decks that are playing a lot of draw spells, uh, but there's not very many of them. So that's the thing to bear in mind as you're looking at this and considering your keeps is, you know, you're you're still not guaranteed a better seven when you draw this again, and you're going to have to put one of those back. So I would still encourage people to think long and hard about mulliganing and limited. Um, And then from standard, we'll do a standard mulligan episode one of these days. I'm waiting for the math from Frank Carson. So say we all. (laughs) So say we all. Uh, Yeah. So rule of thumb is don't use this as an excuse to mulligan but use it as a, a, a reason to feel better about going to six and not just insta-scooping because you went to six or five. Yeah. All right. All right. What else we got for news on Arena happening? I guess we've got the um, the Ravnica Chronicles events, mm-hmm. which is kind of old news, but it's also new news in the, in the fact that we keep rotating these events every week. Um, so if you are under a rock and you haven't been playing these events, what they are, they are some free, uh, kind of fun one-off events uh that will reward you with the stained glass planeswalker art which is actually pretty sweet um i I really like that and i like the fact that they show up in the war of the spark drafts i think that's pretty cool the the interesting things are is that they're the format changes every week so we started with momir with planeswalkers which was if you like momir it was interesting we had popper this week and it goes on till friday and then next week we have singleton and I think it's cool that all of these events are free and they are encouraging people to try these events in a zero risk format. And I really liked it because I never played Popper before. I didn't really play the Momir before. I didn't want to spend, even though it was like a hundred gold or whatever to enter. It's like, ah, I'm just going to save my gold. And I'm just going to draft with it. Like, I don't, I don't want to lose anything when I can play for free. And the only thing I lose is my time. And if I'm enjoying myself, it's not even really a cost. Um, it turns out that I really enjoy these events. Yeah, I, I think this is a really good thing for the game. I, I don't think any of them are tuned to ones that I'm particularly interested in. So I've been passing on these. But again, I'm pretty focused on like, let's do standard, let's do draft. Uh, and that that's kind of what I'm known for too, is being a little bit more of a competitive player. But it reminds me of things that we've seen uh, in, or at least that I saw in Hearthstone, where they had like the brawl once a week, where you could come in and play a couple games with some wacky rule sets uh, and then win a prize. I do think that 15 wins might be a bit much for the prize because uh, you've really got to grind to get there if, if that's your jam. I realize I could probably knock it out in two hours, but the the prizing is just not one that I'm so interested in that I, I feel like I have to. But I like where they're going with this. Mm-hmm. See, I, I thought that at first too, and then I find myself like, oh, I've got five minutes to play. I'm just going to go play Popper. Like, I'm just going to get a quick popper popper game in because win or lose, it doesn't matter. You know, five minutes are up. I got to scoop. I got to go get dinner out of the oven. Like, no big deal. But I can also win a game of popper in five minutes. So I actually got my 15 wins in Momer. That was a bit of a grind. It's a bit of a random format. Um, It's solved, quote unquote, I want to say, in that, like, there's a certain set of planeswalkers you just never play. Obviously, you discard them. There's lands that you play to make sure that you can hit your planeswalkers, the good planeswalkers. And then you just like get to nine mana and just look for Zakama every single time and win. But the, the popper has been super interesting. There's like a whole metagame that's evolved in this little tiny event. Um, and there's like, you know, mono red, mono white, uh, blue red spells. There's like ramp decks. There's boggles decks. There's all sorts of these amazing little things in this little tiny ecosystem that people are playing for free. And I got to 15 wins and I'm still playing. Yeah, that's super <laughs> so, like, cool. That's super cool. So the, this one found me and and kind of got me. I don't know about the Singleton because I don't really know a ton about Singleton, but I'm sure I'll be able to find some kind of deck and sit down and, and jam that and probably get to my 15 wins there as well. But I really like that they've put this in for the free-to-play players, and the Popper especially is one that people can get into quite easily. Um, and you should be able to get three, six, nine wins, whatever your goal is, if you just sit down and dedicate a little bit of time to it. And I think it's neat that it's a free-to-play way to get some cosmetics that are actually pretty cool. It is like the stained glass, stained glass Vraska. I, I saw my opponent play it out of the uh, in the in War of the Spark draft, and I thought it was really cool. I'm like, man, I, I have to get in there and get those get those planeswalkers. Yeah, it's too bad that a lot of them aren't standard 
playable. I guess there's a couple like Nissa be standard playable, but there's not a lot of them, so you don't get really get an opportunity to use them. Um, but maybe in the standard event or the the singleton event, you will. I mean, they had Tybalt in the last one uh, and Vivian in this one, and I've seen those in deck lists just today while I was playing standard. So like, I, I expect that as they go through these chronicles, they'll give us a stained glass variant of all of them. So whichever ones happen to be playable, uh, you're you're going to see. I definitely think I'm interested more in the events that are within the normal rules of magic. So Popper specifically and Singleton probably specifically, but there's one coming up that I'm not sure how interested in I am. Like the ones that are uh, closer to the um, the streamer events that we had. Remember we had like the Cascade event and we had the, um, uh, the one where you got like... treasure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I'm less interested in those ones. Um, maybe I'll be more interested in those as a free event, but certainly the ones that follow the basic rules of magic um, definitely interest me from a competitive perspective. I'm the same way. I like changing up the card set. So in other words, playing modern, playing standard. I have played some singleton before and I enjoyed it. And I played pauper competitively for a little bit when I was streaming on Magic Online and it was fun. But like changing that up or doing things like Chaos Draft. Um, I, I still want to do a chaos sealed. Like it seems like a no brainer to me and I don't understand why we don't have that, but like that sort of thing I love doing, but playing with the basic rules, just kind of bugs me a little bit. I agree. Magic's great. You don't need to tweak those types of things. Yeah. When the deck's this good, you don't need to sideboard. Uh, what else is on the calendar this week? We've got uh war of the spark rank draft comes out on Friday and we've got uh dominaria rank draft ending this friday so have you played a lot of dominaria we should have i I regret not doing an episode last week because we could have done the the dominaria kind of uh re pre re review re preview pre-review i don't know something along those lines we could have done like a here's your 10 minute summary of how to draft it but i've done a couple and i've had a lot of fun with it so far It, it, it is better as a best of three format, but as a ranked format coming back every once in a while, I'm certainly a-okay with that. Yeah, I I like Dominaria. A lot of people will say things like it's the best draft format we've had in 10 years, and I I don't think so, but I think it is probably in my top 10 draft formats of all time, and I've had a blast drafting it. I kept track of my win rate, and we were something like 66%, uh, but I had a couple that tanked me, one really awful deck. Uh, But I've, I've had a lot of fun with Dominaria. It was good to go back and visit it again. I'm actively excited for the rank draft to be War of the Spark. Like, I've had a lot of fun drafting that set, and I'm very excited to try it out as a ranked format. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that coming back for ranked, but also just playing the best of three. Like, I've really appreciated playing best of three this cycle. I think the format's just really good, and I think the format's really good as a best of three. So I do appreciate that I do have the opportunity to play ranked if I really just want quick games. Um, But if I really want to grind you know, four or five matches that are best of three War the spark is the one that I've had the most fun doing on arena so far. I wish we could get best of three ranked. I understand there's a lot of logistical concerns, but that's still my number one wish list. Um, that and drafting with real people. If we can get that in arena, I mean, I've got everything I want. All right. So, so far the re- uh, drafting with real people, the counter is at one so far this week for how many people have requested that on the podcast. Yep. All right, we'll keep a running tally of that. No, I'm with you on that one for sure. And then uh, I say bizarrely, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but um, Ravnica Allegiance is coming back as a sealed event. It's actually up now. Oh, it's okay. So it's up now. Um, That kind of just snuck under the radar for me. Yeah, they're bringing back sealed events. Like they had Dominaria sealed a while back. I mean, this is mostly here for people who are interested in buying packs and would like to play some games with the, the packs that they've bought and have the chance to get a refund on some of their purchase. So if you're looking for like bulk cards from Ravnica Allegiance, there's absolutely nothing wrong with jumping in these queues and having some fun with them. I think Sealed has actually done really well on Magic Arena, and I think that the changes they've made to the deck builder are awesome. There's some additional tweaks I would make, but we'll save that for another episode. But I just it's there if that's something that you want to play. I have not found the competition to be amazing in these sealed events, uh, but it, I don't think it's something that you can go in and, and like farm for gems or anything like that. Uh, like it's still best of one. It's it's still incredibly difficult to make a profit from these. But if you're thinking about buying uh, Ravnica Allegiance packs to get some cards that you want, 
maybe think about doing a sealed event instead and having some fun over the course of an hour and a half uh, while you get your packs. There you go. And there's always the opportunity to to crush it with a seven wins or whatever it is and uh, and get that investment back and then run it all back again. So, mm-hmm. okay. Was there any other news this week? Well, this isn't this week's news, but it is something I want to remind people of. Uh, this season and next season, if you are in the top 1,000 ranked for limited or uh, standard, you'll be invited to the Mythic Championship Qualifier Weekend. So I just played in one of those, and I earned that by being, I don't know, 100 and something in Limited a couple months ago. So there, like, there's a, a real reason for you to hit top 1,000 in Limited and Constructed currently. I have found that there's not that many people grinding rank in Limited. There's a lot of people doing it in Standard. So if you really want to guarantee a spot... Um, grinding this out in limited, it does take a, s- some investment. Like you're going to have to spend some dollars to get the gems to draft through this, unless you've just been banking gold for the past six months. Uh, but if you want to guarantee your way in, you can kind of do that through limited. Uh, if you're going to do it through standard, you probably need to be playing most of the season and then keeping an idea where you are. So you don't fall into those percents, but if you can do it either this month or next month, you'll get yourself an invite to that tournament, uh, at, at the end of the quarter. There you go. And I think, what is it? It's five pips per rank in limited. And so basically, if you go seven, two for, you know, four, eight, 12, 13 drafts, I guess. I guess you would get from gold four, gold four, platinum four, diamond four, mythic. Yeah. Yeah. So not not no big deal, right? Just 13, seven twos. Yeah, I, I do that every day. The interesting thing is, and, and I like this, is that um, if you get a bad draft and you go like two, three, which is like... It, it's really difficult if you draft a lot to go 0-3. And it's it's also very difficult to go 1-3. So, like, 2-3 is probably your usual floor. Most of the time, you're not losing rank. So as long as you just play enough <laughs> and, and get those 4-3s, 5-3s with a, a couple of 7-2s sprinkled in or 7-1s sprinkled in, like, you'll get there eventually. It, it won't take that long. Yeah. I, I Typically, I found that I can grind Constructed uh, from Gold to Mythic in about a week. And limited takes about two weeks. Um, But that's a significant amount of playing for me. Now, I didn't really rank at all last season. So I actually started in silver uh, this time because I really wasn't playing the rank stuff last season. And that affects it too. So you can try to rank yourself up uh, as high as you can get so that when it resets, you don't fall back down quite as low. And I regret doing that a little bit. Having to grind through gold again uh, is something I'd rather not repeat. Mm -hmm. There is a reason why gold is elo hell. Yep. All right. I am. I am currently, and I mean that in the nicest of ways. I am stuck in gold myself. I am part. I am contributing to that hell. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be out soon. All right. I'll. You can go off my shoulders. All right. Uh, you wanted to talk about the Mythic Pro League or the Mythic Player League, whatever the the acronym is, the MPL, and hence the "Are you not entertained?" title. Um, we had a nice little discussion on the mic check here, so I think it's going to be a spirited debate. Where did you want to start with this discussion? You know what? Start anywhere you want. All right. So are you watching the MPL? I am not. And why are you not watching the MPL? Because I am also not watching the MPL. And I want to do, I want your take on this. So part of it is that I just don't watch a lot of magic. Um, when you stream magic for 48 I'm close to 50 hours a week, honestly, if we count the podcast time and the time that I'm doing the casting for those events, like I'm spending a lot of time watching magic, playing magic, talking about magic. So watching that is something that just doesn't super gravitate me towards it. I also didn't really like the idea that the matches weren't live. Like that's a little bit of a critique. I think I would prefer that they were, but to be fair, I, I didn't watch paper coverage because I hate watching people shuffle and they're not really playing my format, which is limited. I think if I had a dog in that fight, like somebody that I really identified with or was rooting for, I would probably want to watch their matches. So like, if I'm going to watch somebody play Magic, honestly, there's only three streams that I watch play Magic. I watch you stream when I can sneak in there so that I control you. Um, usually on Thursday mornings, I watch Tommy 
good friend and guest of the podcast, usually doing something completely stupid in a format that he shouldn't be doing it on. And I can usually catch that for about an hour Thursday mornings before I got to start prepping for the events. And then I'll still watch MJ do sealed uh, because honestly, I just love MJ and think he's hilarious. But like that is the entirety of magic content that I consume currently. So I was thinking about this the other day because I sat down to watch some and I watched like 10 minutes and then I got distracted and then I never came back to it. And then I thought about, I used to sit down and put the GP on all day, like especially a limited GP, not usually modern, maybe a standard GP, but I would put it on Twitch on the big screen upstairs and just putter around and do chores. Or like when Julian was young, I would, I would stick him in the, on the ground and we'd roll around and I'd, I'd play with him a bit and I'd have the GP on in the background and I don't understand what the difference is, or I didn't at the time. And after thinking about it, I think I've come to the conclusion that I like a lot of the names that are in this tournament, but I don't feel engaged with the format of the tournament because it doesn't feel like a tournament. So I think Magic is at its most entertaining to watch when there are some stakes on the line. Something very big. So my favorite matches to watch when I watch GPs on Twitch are the win and ins, you know, the top eights, or who's going to make day two, who's going to be undefeated, you know, who are the seven and O's going into into round eight. Those are the matches I'm most interested in, and those are usually the ones that are selected for feature matches. What we get with the MPL is kind of like regular season hockey or regular season baseball. Like you're in game like 68 of a 162 baseball game season. And it's just like, man, I'm only here for the beer and popcorn. You know, I think it's actually a little bit further back than that, because when I, I lived in Phoenix, I'm not really a sports guy. I, I don't think that's a surprise to you or anybody else that's listening. But there were a bunch of stadiums there. And I found out that in baseball specifically, there was something I don't I didn't know about. And that's that there were all of these preseason games that you could go to where basically the, and then there, there's like camp and practice and you can go watch all of that. So it feels like the MPL is awarding buys for the Mythic Championships on Arena, if I understand it correctly. So it feels like a giant preseason thing. And like there were people that I knew there that were super into it. Like they wanted to go to training camp. And like that's cool. Like th this was their jam. They wanted to see the Cardinals play. And like I didn't really understand it, but I get it. For me, this kind of feels like that. And I, I still feel like we're missing the, you know, you talked about this as we were doing our, our, our warm up. Like, how could I be there? Cause like mm -hmm. one of the things I, I, cause I can remember back in the day when I was in sales and the pro tour was on, I would have the pro tour on a second monitor on Fridays. Cause I didn't want to miss the limited portion. Like I was a legitimate fan at that point. And like, I was trying to get there and thinking about how I could get there. And I can remember the pro tour when uh, KYT went, and I, I watched every second of it just to see if he got a feature match. And I was looking for updates about how he was doing because I actually had a friend that was at the Pro Tour competing in it. Uh, so like that, that had me interested in it too. And I, I think we're missing a little bit of that. You know, it's it's funny because like I, I enjoy sports and and I enjoy that you know kind of competition, but you can't compare you know, a match of magic to a baseball game or a hockey game. I don't, I don't think that comparison is there. There's just, it doesn't feel like there's as much on the line in a regular league format. I think what I would prefer is if the MPL was just a series of mini tournaments, kind of like what you cast on Thursdays, like the fandom event. That's interesting because there's a prize at the end of the tunnel. You know, you have interesting semifinal matches, you know, you have grudge matches from last week that we're going to pit people together, you know, against each other. But like, I don't know. I, I feel like they're close with it, and 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 I think they have a lot of the like a lot of good personalities and a lot of the players that they invited from the start and a lot of the people that they have added on. I guess they haven't really added that many on, but the people that they've added on are like high quality magic players and high quality people. But I don't think the format is interesting and engaging, and I wish that they would just take a step back and and hopefully realize that. You you touched on something interesting because you mentioned that like you and I don't feel like we have a path to the MPL. Not that I am ever would ever be in there, but like part of the reason why I liked watching the Pro Tour is because I like to dream about maybe one day spiking a a, a PTQ 
at my LGS and then hitting onto the Pro Tour and getting to draft with like the likes of LSV and Paul Chion and whoever else I was watching at the time. And I can't, I can't sympathize with that with the MPL. I can't put myself in that mindset. I can't say, man, one day I could be on the MPL and I could be, you know, playing against whoever, you know, in the in the relegation round of whatever league and like, you know, maybe I'm not going to get paid my MPL contract next year because I lose this match. Like, I can't put myself in that spot, but I can still put myself in that Pro Tour dream of man can you imagine how awesome it would be to like 3-0 the first limited portion of a of a pro tour and then set yourself up to make day two just by winning a couple of standard matches like i could totally see myself doing that you know i don't see that here it's also possible that you and i aren't entirely the target audience because like bueller and a couple other people set up the vintage super league and that was successful on magic online as they streamed it and cast it and it eventually evolved on to where they did a standard version and they even had like a team draft version and they saw some success there and it was in invite only event right like it was people that they invited to participate in it and i think maybe they're trying to capture some of that because I, I do feel like a lot of new people coming into magic would want to be like okay where where can i watch the people who are good at this do this and I think that's the audience that they're trying to bring in with this. It, it certainly seems to be to me. Because um, like I, like retooling it so that your enfranchised players are super interested in it, like they, they don't need to hook me. I'm already playing Magic constantly. I'm, I'm actually in the middle of a really intense game right now. Are you really? No, I'm not. But you totally <laughs> would have believed say, me. I totally would have believed you. You totally had me. But is it even really good for those people? is this format, is this presentation really good for them? I think what's good out of the MPL is that all of these players have contracts to stream, or most of them seem to have contracts to stream. I think out of everything that has come out of the MPL, like Ben Stark streaming limited content like every other day is probably the greatest thing ever because you can sit down and pick the brain of one of the best limited minds, you know, of recent history, maybe even of all time, who knows? But you can't get that on a weekend show with the matches on delay. And I can't even go and watch these people stream and get their thoughts after, as the game is going on. And I think that's the advantage that like the Twitch rivals event and the fandom events and these kind of one-off tournaments that are one day events have is that everybody's streaming them and I can go and I can, I can be part of that magic. I can put myself in the streamer's shoes because I'm part of their community. And I can say, this is what I would do in their position. And then they see my message five minutes later because they're on a delay but like you can't get that it feels so disconnected with the MPL and on top of that i will never have a friend in the MPL hey be you hush we're not friends anymore i will never have a friend in the MPL i mean just think about it the numbers wise but like i could certainly have i certainly will have friends that go to the mythic championship slash pro tour one day and i can i can have those people to root for but i just don't have that in the MPL i don't have a home team to root for like I do in hockey or like I do in baseball. So there's a hockey game on at seven o'clock, right? Mm -hmm. You could totally TiVo it, right? Or record it on your VCR that maybe they still use those in Canada. But like I've heard from a lot of sports fans, again, I'm not a huge sports fan, but if there's a live game, they don't want to watch it later. They want to see it while it's happening. Is that the case for hockey? That is the case for me for most sports. The only reason I would TiVo something is to skip commercials. Yeah. Right? But, like, I want to be on the internet five minutes later talking about that awesome goal in overtime. I think maybe that delayed thing is, is like, kind of a big deal here. So if we're going to change the format, the first thing I'm going to do is these are going to be streamed live. We're going to have the commentators doing it live and going over it live. And I, I think that would be a big step in the right direction rather than watching something that's pre-recorded. And then I think it needs to be really clear what's on the line and then the path to, to, to get there and the path to stay there. I want to know the stakes that these players are playing for. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think that's interesting to me too. I definitely think that um, the, the, the path to qualification and, and this, this has been debated and we debated this quite a bit and I want to make sure that this doesn't come off the wrong way. Um, I think the people that they've added to the MPL um, are good for the game they're high quality individuals um i enjoy 
watching um, Autumn Stream. I've I've stopped and seen their like watched their stream. I've seen them on the the fandom event. Right, they were in the fandom event. Yeah, they did fantastic two weeks, two weeks ago. Yeah, and and I think and I think the like the the argument against the like these people being invited, I don't I don't think are are valid. But what I want to see out of my top level competitive events, and this is not just magic, this is sports, this is other types of events, is that invitationals. Um, I, I think lack a little bit of that uh, oomph, that pizzazz, that like competitiveness of these people had to do X, Y, and Z to qualify for it. And you know that all these people did the same thing. So I think, you know, when they took their first crop of however many players there are, 32 or whatever, um, and they took the top X pro points players and just kind of drew a line and said, okay, these are the invites. Anybody that can't make it will invite the next person down, the next person down, the next person down. You know, that made sense to me from the start, but the fact that they don't have a way to qualify for this and they they don't have relegation and they don't have any of this detailed, I think that really bothers me, um, which is funny because I'm never, ever going to be there. But like I said, with the Pro Tour versus a Mythic Championship, I can picture myself getting there. Yeah, I can I can I can close my eyes and I can dream of myself winning a PTQ and getting there. But the MPL doesn't have that. The MPL is not for regular people, regular magic players like me and you. I mean, you you more so than me, but it's not it's not for me, right? I think that it could be this this whole thing to me looks like something that was like maybe set up a little bit before they were ready to go. And I'm familiar from being in um, as actually a product development manager. It was the last position I held with the company I was with before I left to to do streaming full time. And like as we were developing a new product you didn't really get it to 100%. You got it to about 90% and then started selling. And then once people were buying it, that's when we could finish it. And this is coming across like it's 90% ready to me. Um, I I take issue. I, I had some people bring it up in chat, which is why I suggested that we discuss it today. There were a lot of people saying, you know, the recent invites aren't qualified because they didn't earn it. And that bothered me a little bit because it felt like, the 32 people that they picked, is there a question that they're excellent magic players? No. So let's set that aside. They're obviously amazing magic players, and I think all of them could probably beat me in draft. So let's let's set that aside. It's not about that. It was, however, an arbitrary time because as I understand it, none of them knew what they were playing for, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm number 33 and I know that I'm playing for a slot at a contract and an invitation to play Magic for a year, I'm going to that last GP and getting that last pro point. And nobody knew that. So it's almost like these, were they qualified? Yes, but they were kind of arbitrarily selected. And then all of them were kind of handed basically my dream job. Like, hey, here's a very competitive salary for you to stream Magic and play Magic professionally and let people watch. And for like for anybody in that position to then complain about it being handed to someone else seems very hypocritical to me. Like, yeah, you got handed this. Was it based on your performance? Absolutely. But like it, it was handed at an arbitrary time. That line could have been drawn six months earlier or six months later. And some of the people that are there now might not have been. And if it had been announced a year earlier and everybody knew what they were playing for, some of them might not have made that push or somebody that wasn't even in the standings might have been like, you know what, I'm going to make a run and this year I'm going to every GP and I'm going to get every pro point I can. So like that part bothers me. I think that after this first year, we'll see a lot of that ironed out about what it means to be on the MPL and how you can qualify. Mm -hmm. Like other than that, the MPL has been like positive right like it it's it feels like it's the start of the legitimacy of magic as a twitch sport i don't want to call it an esport because i think i I think i look at esports a little bit differently than a lot of people do but as a twitch sport as a streamed game that is competitive for big dollars um i think the mpl is a good start to that they just need to figure out how to present it in a way um, like you look back to the, the mythic, um, invitational and, and that I know you didn't watch it, but I certainly watched it. And that was exciting because of just this, the scope of the event and the size, the, the grandeur, the spectacle 
of the event. And we don't have that with the MPL. And I think that, in fact, we have, it feels like none of it in the MPL. And I think there needs to be somewhere in the middle where, you know, the, the mundane, I, I say mundane with air quotes, but like the mundane magic can be the day-to-day streams of the MPL players, right? And they have their audiences. They, they're cultivating the growth of magic on Twitch. And then those should culminate in some kind of, you know, medium to high stakes event for these MPL players that maybe they have smaller tournaments that lead up to that. And then, you know, they get buys in that event or whatever. I guess it's, it's kind of what's happening here. But like, I just want to see like the top 16 players play once a week in a live tournament for like $5,000 or for whatever, right? Something that makes it interesting and exciting and engaging for the, for all viewers, not just the ones that are enfranchised. You can see that weekly at twitch.tv slash fandom casted by yours truly and Lord Tupperware. It's funny because I didn't mean to put that in there, but like I realized as I was saying it, like that's exactly what I want to watch. I just don't want to watch it on Thursdays. Can I get it on Saturdays? <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Don't tell me to, to TiVo it either. TiVo it. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's live, right? The, the the other thing that I heard people talking about was inviting people from outside of the scope of magic. And I've got a really good analogy that I I just want to illustrate briefly, and then I'll let the point stand because I don't I don't have an issue with that at all. But David, you and I have occasionally played a game together called Super Animal Royale. That is correct. It's kind of silly. It's a 2D shooter game like PUBG, but everything's cute animals. Um, But it's actually a good bit of fun, and it's something to kind of goof around on. They had a tournament this past weekend, and uh, they streamed it, and I think 20 people watched. I was was one of them. And top prize was $40. (laughs) Okay. Now... Do you think, and there were people streaming it, and like I was watching one of the streamers that I enjoy watching play that game, along with about 10 other people watching him play in this. Do you think if they could have invited, I don't know, Shroud, Dr. Disrespect, Choco Taco to play in this, that even though that's not their real game, it might have been good for them as a game? Yes, because the mantra is a rising tide lifts or floats all boats lifts all boats something like that yeah like literally everyone that i've watched play this game where i'm like hey where did you hear about it oh choco taco streamed it one day like as far as i can tell that's how everyone that's playing this game actually found it so like take that as what it is if you have somebody that can bring in a lot of viewers and that is good at this the style of game that you're doing if you can get them involved in your stuff that is a plus solid good news for you and like maybe it gives you a villain if if you're a purist you're like i want to see them lose and maybe it gives you somebody to root for if you're like hey this is new for them but like regardless again if Choco Taco had played in this tournament. I I can't imagine him thinking that's a great idea for 40 bucks, but let's say he did. Like, I I think he still would have had a really good shot at winning this because he understands that style of game very well. So that's my take on it, and I'll leave it where it is. Yeah, I have nothing to follow up with on that one, except that I agree. Well, there you go. I'm right, and it can't be argued with. It cannot be argued with. Heard it here first, folks. All right, I think that's enough on the MPL. I will um, occasionally tune in, and I really hope that they... I think the production quality is high. Like, I like what they've done. I think I like the interface. Like, I I hope we get a spectator mode for an arena soon. Um, but in the meantime, I think what they're doing with that oh, is... Oh, God, that would be so handy for everything, dude. God, give me a spectator mode. Soon. I don't think it'll be that far away, especially if the tournaments are taking off. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's if they can figure out the format and get me engaged... You know, I, I will have it running in the background on Saturday afternoon on the big screen as I play board games with my kids because I like magic and I like high-level competitive magic. Yeah, and I think that's what we need. And it wouldn't hurt if there was some limited in it now and then. I'm just saying if anybody's listening, you know, you could totally have a sealed event. Just open a sealed pool. Who cares? Yeah, it'd be great. I agree. All right. Anything else you want to talk about this week? I think I'm good. Well, there is my plans for streaming tomorrow. I guess I should talk about that. So I am hashtag sponsored by Watsy this week, which is amazing. So I have been picked to be a 
Wizards of the Coast featured streamer, thanks to Wizards of the Coast, for... Uh, they gave me a bunch of gems to play limited. They gave me a bunch of packs to play constructed. And they also gave me a bunch of codes to give away. So we're going to be giving away a bunch of those tomorrow. That is tomorrow, which is Wednesday, June 5th. And I have a very special guest hanging out with me on stream tomorrow. Do you know who he is? Did you invite Tommy or Murphy? He, he can't come. He can't come. Hey, no, they're overseas. They can't come. You asked him first? Yeah. And that's why you got stuck with me. Yeah, you're my third choice. Okay. <laughs> You you are the you are my MPL to uh, Tommy and Dave Murphy's GP and Pro Tour respectively. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> All right. No, but uh, Travis is going to come hang out with me on stream. Uh, we're going to fire it up around 11 a.m. Eastern time. And I'll be sponsored all day. Actually, I'm sponsored all week. So I actually did a, a sponsored, an early sponsored stream on Monday as well. Where uh, I had a really good, like really good stream. It was a lot of fun. A lot of new faces came by. Some of them came by for the packs, but that's totally okay. I don't mind that. Um, and then we're just going to go ham tomorrow. War of the Spark all day. And for some of my regular viewers, I'm going to fire up a little bit earlier, uh, get a little bit of the Simulan core audience, uh, and then we're going to head over to Dave's stream around 11 and give him a giant raid. Because uh, I, I think Dave, like all jokes aside, has a really good stream, has some really in, like good insights about Limited, and is an enjoyable stream to watch. Like I said, I don't watch a lot of Magic streams, but his is one of the ones that I do. And it's not just to troll him, although that is a nice bonus. Uh, so if, if you're a Simulan regular and you watch my stream during the day, all you have to do is your normal jam. Come to my stream, we'll send him a big raid, uh, and then he'll probably go longer than I can tomorrow and even be streaming into the night. Uh, so good good chance to show some love for Dave, who I, I think is a streamer that deserves more views than he gets. Thank you for the kind words. That's because I'm inconsistent with the streaming. But, you know, such is the man that has a family and a job and doesn't get to stream full-time. Yeah. I am mad jealous. I'm mad jealous you get to stream full-time. So And cast. Like, all that stuff is awesome. But I'm not going to lie. It's pretty awesome to be made. <laughs> It's pretty, it's, it's pretty awesome to be Travis. But I do enjoy the fact that uh, the Wizards kind of community team is is really engaging with small and large streamers alike. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's a really, really positive what they're doing for that. So I make sure to stop in and check out the featured streamers whenever I can. Um, you know, sometimes I can't catch them when they're streaming. But if they are, I'll, I'll give them a follow if I like their content. And I've seen a lot of streamers that I hadn't interacted with before. Um, and, and I think that's really cool. So kudos to them and thanks to them for the sponsorship this week. So if you want to come and watch me, I'm at twitch.tv slash D civilian. That's D S A V I L L I A N. And Travis, where can they catch you? Uh, I'm at twitch.tv slash simulan S E M U L I N. I'm on Twitter under the same, and I'm trying to be a good boy and tweet when the streams go live. Uh, so if you follow me there, you'll get uh, a notification when I start streaming. You can also follow us on Twitter. We are at arena underscore athletes. So give us a follow there and you'll catch uh, all the, uh, the podcasts as they go live and any interesting content we decide to share. Once again, thanks to face to face games for the support and the host. We'll catch you next time. Adios.